Welcome to The Notable Peeps. This is Steph, and you guys, it's been a week since I published this podcast, and I just wanted to thank so many of you guys reached out and sent me messages, and seriously, those meant the world to me. Like, I was just beaming, and this has been such an interesting process because with the positive comes the negative, but I just had to own it and be like, this isn't everyone's flavor. Like, the minimalists, I love them. They talk about how, you know, like, you don't love every flavor of ice cream, and that's okay, and to be your own flavor. And so uh, I just wanted to put that shout out. Like, thank you, though, to all of you that this is your flavor, that you're loving these stories, that you're subscribing, and for your comments. It really means so much to me. And Saturdays are going to be the day that you will be able to find a new episode from the Notable Peeps. And today's episode is with my dear friend, Jill Young. This is the first episode I ever recorded. It was in February, and she was so great to be my first guest because I had no clue what I was doing. Her impossible is getting people pumped about produce. And a lot of times when I hear something on nutrition, I tune out. I'm like, ooh, like, I don't really care. But as I interviewed Jill, like, the things that she talked about are just so cool. And she's always telling me, like, hey, did you know that peppers are a natural sunscreen? And just talking about how fruits and vegetables are medicine. And and I know it sounds super hippie, but but honestly... I I took it to heart at the end and I I upped my fruits and vegetables and I saw such a difference in my life. And I'm still at the point where by the end of the week, I have fruits and vegetables that go bad because I didn't eat them all. And I don't know how people do that, how they eat all the fruits and vegetables that they buy for the week. I still haven't figured that out. But I... By by really taking what Jill said to heart and applying it in my life, like I have just felt so much better and I felt refueled. And so check out Jill's Instagram account. It's called The Fresh Feed and it's just pictures of, of fresh food and, and things that are just fresh, basically. Um, so here is my dear friend Jill Young talking about getting pumped about produce and make sure at the end, there, she talks about a lot of links during the episode, so make sure to check out thenotablepeeps.com and there will be the links to all the articles that she's talking about. Um, but thanks again for pushing play and listening and here's Jillian Young. Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Runner Girls Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. This podcast is all about believing in your impossible, and our guest today is doing just that. Jill Young has a desire to get people pumped about vegetables and to uncomplicate health, which, let's be honest, it often feels like an impossible task. She is also a closet tap dancer, a weekend warrior, <laughs> and she you puts the Jill. <laughs> yes, I did. Jill, don't interrupt my introdu- okay, introduction. Keep, keep going. Okay, so let me back up. So here's the thing, guys. Jill doesn't think that she's like she never tells anyone she tap dances, which is so cool because she thinks it's nerdy. It's just a little bit nerdy, and I hope I don't offend my tap friends. But by saying that it's just kind of nerdy Gus from I'm Psych not- <laughs> doesn't think it's nerdy okay Gus from Psych. <laughs> but, oh. okay Jill let's be honest so when most of us hear the word vegetable we think boo give me a piece of cake I don't want to talk about nutrition so what makes you so passionate about produce 
Okay, I think produce, vegetables especially, get a really bad rap. And here's the other thing. You can't compare it to a slice of cake, right? <laughs> vegetables are never going to be a slice of cake. But um, I like your honesty. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's very true. Like, a lot of people will try to do, like, healthy desserts and stuff. I'm like, ah, you guys, you know what? You're trying to make it something that it's not, like, this is never going to taste as good as chocolate cake. But with time, your taste buds change and you develop a taste for vegetables. So something I love about vegetables is that um, while I don't necessarily love their taste, like I don't crave vegetables. I enjoy vegetables, but it's not the taste that I go after. My body starts to crave freshness. And that's what I've discovered over the years of me kind of transitioning towards liking vegetables a little bit more. So your body's like, hey, give me those carrots. Yes, yes, very much so. Especially like if I've been on a road trip or something and I've been eating crappy, I just crave like greens or fresh food or something with a good crunch, you know, that has like water content behind it. Not um, chips. Not chips. <laughs> although those are good too. But after a weekend of eating those or whatever, I just want vegetables. And people think I'm weird. I'll just like, I'll come home after a trip and be like, all I want is a plate full of vegetables. And again, it's not the taste, it's um, it's the freshness of, of produce. But beyond that, it, like I said, it gets a bad rap. Uh, vegetables, um, you know, they're, they're the healthiest things that we can do for ourselves, the healthiest things that we can input into our bodies. Um, it's literal medicine that we can take every day. And people don't take advantage of that. And... Um, I've never thought of vegetables as medicine. Oh, yeah. But I guess the apple a day keeps the doctor away. The Hippocrates. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definite science behind all of this. And that's one thing. There has been there have been studies that have been done about um, the powerfulness of fruits and vegetables against diseases. Um, like you've got your allium family, your cruciferous vegetable. You're family. speaking a whole different language right now. I have <laughs> so no clue what you're talking. Is, is like your onions, your leeks, your garlic, things like that, and your cruciferous vegetables. That's like your your broccoli, your asparagus, your Brussels sprouts, and those things that people tend to not want to eat very often. Yeah. There are I don't think a lot of people are like, hey, give me a plate of Brussels sprouts. And that's the thing is me neither, but I've grown to love them and appreciate them. But there are powerful studies out there that show the benefits that they have for our health and not only for optimal health, but against diseases and reversing diseases as well. And they kind of get buried in libraries because no one wants to pay to bring them out. There's no money in broccoli, you know, there's no money in producing studies about broccoli. Um, you can't patent broccoli. Well, so, Veggie Tales, I bet they made a lot of money <laughs> off that. Veggie Tales is an exception. You're right. I never watched Veggie Tales. Everyone either. always brings stupid. up Veggie Tales. Yeah, I think it looks stupid too. <laughs> Sorry, Veggie Tales. Anyways, what I, what I love about nutrition um, and what I, I've, I've grown to love about nutrition is. Um, just, it's, it's mostly a different mindset and that's what I want people to get excited about with nutrition. Um, most people view food as, um, whether it's going to taste good or not, or whether it's going to make them gain weight or not gain weight. And I want to say, is this food going to nourish you? Is it going to nourish your body deep down to a cellular level? What is this doing for my skin, my eyes, my organs, my brain? And, um, and, and we so often don't think about that. 
Can I interrupt you for a second? Okay, so I love Reese's hearts. And the other day (laughs) I was telling Jill, I was like, oh, I just had some Reese's hearts. And she told me, she's like, you know that your body doesn't know how to, like, those are chemicals that are foreign to your body and doesn't know how to dissolve it. And I'm shaming friend. And I I was like, shut up. I want my Reese's hearts. I don't do that to everyone, I promise. You've ruined Reese's hearts for me because I just look at it and I'm like, like I look at food and I'm like, I mean, I still eat it, but I'm like, oh, this probably is foreign to my body. It probably doesn't know how to digest this maple bar or candy right, bar. Right. It doesn't know what to do with it. And so when the body doesn't know what to do with something like that's that's a, a reason it produces excess fat. It's kind of like, I don't know what this is that you just put into my body and I don't know what to do with it. I can't use it nutritionally wise. And so we're just going to put it in this load over here. Um, kind of in this this fat load over here in the midsection in the midsection that we all struggle with yes so that's I think that's kind of where my passion behind produce comes from okay sweet so what do you call yourself Jill like on your your and um Jamie's site you guys talk a lot about like healthies or um are you guys vegans or are you guys plant addicts? Like, what do you guys call yourselves? Plant addicts? I, I thought, kind of like I thought that you one. would laugh at that. <laughs> we, we like to call ourselves healthies. Healthies? <laughs> no, so we, no, just we, no, no, no. Um, like we, Jamie kind of came up with that term of healthies and I really like it. Like I calling our, calling our readers healthies, those who want to join in on the healthy movement. Yeah. So my friend Jamie and I, we've, we've started and it's only been like a month since we started this. My, my journey on Instagram and websites have, has gone a little bit longer, maybe for a year longer than that. Um, I can't speak for Jamie because, uh, her diet is different than mine and we're very individual, um, as far as our, in, what am I trying to say as far as our diets go? But, um, yeah. So if I were to term myself as anything, I would say that I am plant-based or nutritarian. Oh yeah. Okay. You told me that word the other day and I was like, nutritarian. What in the world it is sounds that? dorky. So I don't use it very often. <laughs> Only like, around your healthy friends. Yeah. Then you'll be like, oh, yeah. nutritarian. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just a way to kind of like describe how I want to eat, but I don't go around telling people like, I'm a nutritarian. <laughs> but the thing about it, it naming myself a, like a nutritarian or plant based is, it um it doesn't box me in so so many other titles or labels around nutritional diets um they box you in so for instance like vegans you can't have any animal products and like there's a stereotype that comes with it um there are people who feel free to criticize you if you do anything that is outside of their standards of veganism so like if you're wearing leather shoes but you don't eat meat or dairy or whatever, you know, they, they come after you and attack you. Like if you With were, paint. if you were, yeah, they <laughs> throw in paint on your leather <laughs> shoes. Yeah. So true. Um, anyways, yeah, you just get attacked. And, and the thing about some of these other diets of these do nots that don't include the do's, they aren't necessarily healthy. So you can be vegan and eat Cheez-Its and French fries all day and still be considered vegan. And that's not healthy for you. You aren't getting the nutrients that you need. So, um, yeah, plant-based, um, it's, it's telling you the do's. Um, I can still 
eat whatever I want to eat without anyone calling me out on it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still, um, so just a little bit about me, like I, I eat meat, I eat cheese, but I'm going to throw this word out there sparingly. <laughs> um, I eat it in, um, modif- not modification, moderation. moderately, in moderation. Thank you. <laughs> I don't modify my meat. That sounds terrible. Um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll have meat once a week with my family or, um, like if someone, you know, makes a meal for me. You're a weekend warrior. Yeah. When I'm a weekend warrior and I'm out road tripping, I don't often like pack my own cooler full of food. I'll bring like healthier snacks with me, but I'm not going to be the weird one that requires people to work around my diet. I think what matters most with diet is consistency. So for me and my health, like I react bad to dairy. My skin reacts bad to dairy. I I get a big inflammatory response when I eat dairy. Um, But that's when I do it consistently. So if I'm eating dairy for three days in a row, that's when I notice my body, you know, an uproar about my diet. But if I just have an ice cream cone one day, like it's, it's fine. It's the things that you do consistently with your diet and over time that really have a big effect on the body. And was like with your skin, isn't that sort of how you got into being healthy? Yeah. Oh, I've always been healthy and I've always had a big health emphasis in my life. Like from grade school through college, health classes were my favorite classes to take. I always knew that I wanted to do something in the health field. Um, uh, I just never knew what. <laughs> I didn't want to work with like needles or bodily fluids. Anyway, yeah, but um, it was oh probably like five years ago or maybe just under five years that I was having terrible skin problems. So like I have eczema and keratosis pilaris. You probably never heard yeah. of some of these and bad acne and um, like I got a staph infection on my legs once and it was just like terrible and um. And at that time, like my eczema was awful and my acne was awful. And um, I was going to dermatologists who were giving me topical lotions, gels and stuff. And then when that wasn't working, they gave me oral medication. And I started thinking, well, if I'm putting something in my mouth and swallowing it and it's having an effect on my body, like food, like anything that I put in my mouth is going to affect my body for good or for bad. And so that's when I started doing research about um, diet and skincare. And I kid you not, I've, I've had these eczema breakouts all down my arms and over my hands. Like Steph, I used to go on dates and pull like sweatshirts over my hands. Like so embarrassed. <laughs> like, by... trying to hold your hand. And yeah. Like, and I'm no. like, nope, nope. You can't see that. <laughs> That's gross. Um, He's just thinking you're being shady. <laughs> exactly. I wasn't like playing hard to get, like yeah. covering up my hand. <laughs> but as soon as I um, decreased dairy in my life, like for years now, I haven't had problems with eczema near my elbows and down up and down my forearms at all whatsoever. Um, I haven't had trouble with, with acne, although I did use Accutane and I'm kind of sad that I didn't get the chance to experiment with food before I went on mm-hmm. Accutane, but I did do Accutane. So that cleared up acne. Um, Accutane, it, like it inflamed my <laughs> eczema and then I stopped eating dairy and that gave me reprieve. So, um, yeah, I've just noticed that I haven't had skin problems very much so since decreasing animal products in my life. That's so cool because I've heard you tell this story before, but I don't know why I didn't realize 
that the big thing was when they were giving you medicine that you're like, oh, if I can change like by just putting something in to my body, then I can change with like vegetables and stuff. I think that's so cool. Yeah, that's when I made that correlation. Like it, you always know that, you know that what you eat has an effect on your body, but that's when it sunk in that like I could maybe eat something that was going to affect me positively um, without any side effects. Yeah, that's way really cool. Are you guys on your Instagram a couple of days ago, you had a quote that I really liked. You said, you are what you eat. Don't be fast, easy, or cheap. Yes. I <laughs> and, love that and then I like that someone commented and they're like, I'm all those things. <laughs> yeah. My coworker. Hey, Christian, if you're listening. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jill? I'm all of those things. Yeah. But no, it's true. You literally are what you eat. So what you put in your body is what your body uses to create new cells. So like your cells are comp constantly duplicating themselves. And not only are they the material that your body makes new cells with, they affect your, what you put into your body is like information for your gene or DNA codes. So it like helps your body decide which, which genes to express and which to hold back. So like certain diseases that maybe run in your family maybe won't get expressed if you hold back from eating certain foods or putting certain things on your body, things like that. It, it, it has more of an effect than I think people realize. No. So you guys, Jill and I, we always, I don't know if you guys know the app Voxer, but it's our favorite and we'll always box these <laughs> long messages. It's like a walkie talkie app, but you can leave like 15 minute messages and we always do. Like we have so many messages from Steph each other. Steph has so much blackmail on me from that <laughs> thing. But, it, but it's funny because like the thing that I'm passionate about is relationships and the thing that Jill's passionate about is food. <laughs> and so I'll always tell her like, hey, I learned these great like communication skills or whatever. And she's sort of like, oh, that's cool. And then she'll tell me all these things that she's learned about nutrition. I'm always like, oh, that's cool. But I don't like the other day she got frustrated. She's like, I don't know what it takes for you to want to change. You know, <laughs> like I'm telling you all these cool things. And I'm like, but I still like my Reese's. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing stuff is like. I really do. Like, it resonates with me. You know, she was saying, like, yeah, it makes sense. And it's really cool what you're saying, but I don't want to change. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> but it's not actually one thing that I've come to discover. And my brother said this to me. It was when I first started my health website for the first go around. Um, I posted it on a, We have a family website. I posted it on my family website and my brother was like, looks cool, Jill. I'm never going to read it. <laughs> and I was so offended for just a few minutes. And I like, I think I said something to him about it. And um, he said, Jill, if I created this blog about football and it was like the best blog about football, you still wouldn't want to read it. And I was like, it's, you're right. <laughs> like, I don't have a passion for what you have a passion about, but... Food affects you. Food affects everyone. <laughs> no, it's true. Okay, so speaking about food and everything that we've been saying, the other day you were talking about the protein fad, and I didn't realize that protein is like a fad until you were telling me all these things. So tell, let, let's hear your knowledge on this. Okay, so protein right now is definitely a fad, and I roll my eyes at it a little bit. Not because we don't need protein. Protein is essential for us to have. 
but it's the fad right now, just like, um, like low fat diet used to be the fad. I don't know. Do you remember that? Or I don't know if you're like your parents still buy low fat everything. Um, that, we never bought low fat. No, you never did. <laughs> yeah. So like my parents that, you know, going along with like the nutritional sciences, they bought low fat cheeses, skim milk, low fat dressings. Everything was low fat. And now, you know, studies have swung the other way and they say fat is actually good for you. You need fat. Your brain needs fat. So, um, protein, well, it's, it's a little bit different than that fad. Um, it still is a fad. Like you go into restaurants and everyone says, now what protein do you want on your bowl or in your burrito or whatever? They always ask, they use the word protein and you'll notice protein on packaging or smoothies, smoothies. Yeah. Like it's, it's just everywhere. And it's always the question, like, where are you getting your protein from? So here are the things about protein that, that drive me a little bit nuts that I want people to consider. So there are three macronutrients in food. Everything's made up of a protein or a fat or a carb. Oh, that's what the macros are? That's what macros are. I hear are. all about macros, but I have no clue what they are. <laughs> um, and it can be made up of like two of those. It can be made up of all three of those. But those are like every single food is made up of those three things. Um, and I'm kind of like, well, what about those other two? Like, we can't just single out protein. Like, our body needs those other two things as well. And so there's all this hype about protein. But uh, one thing I want to point out is we aren't a protein-deficient people. You know, protein-deficient people, they, it's those sad commercials that you see of kids with bloated stomachs and you can see their ribs and small arms. Like, they are protein-deficient. If you are eating... Um, you, you know, especially if you're getting any sort of produce, uh, anything that comes from the ground, like you, uh, and, and in your animal products and things, you're getting protein. We aren't protein deficient people. And I, oh, I, go ahead. I, I was just thinking, so this summer I worked at a fishing lodge and I was thinking about the meals because for breakfast they would have eggs, bacon, sausage. For lunch, it was always like sandwich meat. And then dinner was always like, it was like, um, Fish or is fish protein? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds, stu- that sounds stupid. <laughs> no, well, like it's protein and, you know, and it has fat in it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, okay. it's a lot of things. I, I knew that, but I wanted to make yeah. sure. And now I feel sort of stupid. No. Um, but, but they would like have tons of meat. And so, and then they would have like meat on the side too sometimes. So, yeah. Ooh, meat with meat on the side, yeah. huh? Okay. <laughs> and like bacon. <laughs> yeah. Meat with bacon wrapped and meat, bacon wrapped yeah. everything. Yeah, so our bodies really don't need as much protein as people think, right? So it's um, it comes down to needing only 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight, okay? Okay, explain so, that in normal terms. Okay, so if you are 150 pounds, um, that's 68 kilograms. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes, everyone. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, and that equals 54.4 grams of protein. And there was a whole week where I didn't concentrate on getting any extra protein and I ate totally and completely plant-based and I calculated everything on, I believe it was my fitness pal app. Um, I put in all of my food intake and I hit the mark exactly every single time of my protein needs. So uh, just just be aware of that, that you probably don't need, 
you know, excess protein. And also keep in mind that protein doesn't equal meat, just like calcium doesn't equal milk. Like protein can be meat and calcium can be milk, but you can get it from other sources that aren't packaged with things that are bad for you. For instance, like, so for meat, it'll be packaged with like saturated fat, Mm -hmm. you know, where if you're getting protein from a plant source, it's getting packaged with phytonutrients and vegetables. So like, what are some plant sources that have good protein? You're... The best sources of proteins are going to be your grains and your beans. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah, legumes. Um, so like quinoa is a good source of protein, like black beans, kidney beans, things like that. Um, grains, they're going to be your highest source of protein. Um, vegetables and fruit, they, they have a smaller amount of protein. Like it's seems so minimal, but if you're eating a lot of it throughout the day, it adds up. There are some foods that are, protein packed like uh, the thing is you'd have to eat a lot of it but yeah. <laughs> like spirulina i think you asked the other day what is spirulina oh yeah so sometimes jill has <laughs> on their blog like these random vegetables that i've never seen before or like yeah spirulina, spirulina I'm like, is like a, you, an algae i'm like do you get that at a normal grocery store like what is that in the like in the plant world spirulina has like the highest content maybe out of all foods the highest content of protein um, of, of anything else. So yeah, it's fascinating. Okay. I'm going to go on. Um, okay. About protein. So my other beefs, my, that's about protein. Um, too much protein is actually can be bad for your health. And there's a lot of studies about that. I'm not going to go into that. Um, if you want to I'll put the Watch link. a good documentary, Forks Over Knives. Oh, Forks Over Knives. is a good one to explain some of those. There's a, a website called Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, uh, a bunch of physicians that started this, and and it, it's linking to why, you know, an overconsumption of meat is bad. It's not saying that all meat is bad. An overconsumption of meat or protein is bad. So this is my favorite Jill story. Oh no. I'm nervous. (laughs) So like you said, when you go out with people, you aren't bringing your own cooler and you're like, this is my food or whatever that when, when people ask you over for dinner, you eat what they have, you know? But my favorite story of you is because like you will have a hamburger here or there and there's this picture of Jill and she has this juicy hamburger. Do you guys remember like the Carl's Jr. ads like where it was like some beautiful girl (laughs) with like this big hamburger, juicy hamburger and it's like dripping and and so she had this picture on her Tinder and will you just talk about what the guys would tell you? Yeah, so this picture, and it's one of my favorite pictures because it's summertime, my skin is sun-kissed, it's my like natural crazy hair, my eyes look great in it, and my friend Mal captured me, you know, biting into this big juicy hamburger. And it's like a flattering picture of me, I think. Kind of like flattering but funny. And so, yeah, I use it like on my dating app profile. It was my profile picture for a little bit. But yeah, guys, a lot of guys (laughs) would say to me, when I saw that picture, I knew, I knew that we were meant for each other. <laughs> I love meat. I love hamburgers. And to see that, like, you love that too. And I was like, oh, no, because <laughs> like, I don't actually. I only eat those things. It isn't like weekly. You know, that's probably yeah. how often I eat meat. So I still enjoy a good hamburger. But it's kind of funny that, like, a lot of guys will will mention, like, how attractive that is. 
Yeah, because you were like, I feel like a poser. <laughs> I feel like a poser. Like, there's another picture of me holding, with my friend Tara, holding, like, a can of Dr. Pepper. We're, like, on a boat. And I, like, I do not drink pop. I never have. Like, I'm a water girl. And so that's another one. You just grabbed it for the picture. So <laughs> yes, I did. Cool. <laughs> and, oh, and again, poser, like... <laughs> I think guys had commented like Dr. Pepper's my soda of choice too and I'm like oh nope, I'm just, a water girl <laughs> you go out with them and they're all disappointed that you order water yeah. <laughs> but but it brings up a good point and I think that I kind of mentioned this before too that like I don't want other people to feel like they have to cook certain foods for me um I'm not going to take my own cooler of food to someone's house. You know, if I'm, I, I eat healthily enough on my own that going out with people or having someone else cook for me, it's, it's not going to ruin what I'm doing consistently. And, and this is what I love most about Jill is that she has this passion for nutrition, but then you'll still have normal food. At times too, you know, like that you really are in moderation. And so it makes you like so much more relatable and it makes it be like, Oh, like that's something that I can, can do more. Yeah. Um, thanks, Steph. Hey, you're welcome. Okay. So the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was, um, blue zones. Blue zones, when you told me about these, I thought that they were so cool. Yes. So blue zones. I am passionate about blue zones. So blue zones, for those of you who don't know what they are, are pockets of populations of centenarians around the world. Centenarians are people who live past the age of 100. I knew one. Her name was Brownie <laughs> when I worked at the Assisted Living. Can I just put a plug in for yes. Brownie really quick? Brownie would always say, she would say that, because she was 103 and her bones were like cracking. Anytime she like moved, like you could just hear him crack and she would be like, the devil won't take me and the good Lord doesn't want me. So I'm stuck. <laughs> so that's my this is a story about her. I had the opportunity to meet Brownie once when I visited Steph at work. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Brownie's she didn't really great. take to me, but that's okay. <laughs> I have other hundred year olds that have taken to me. Oh. But, uh, but sorry, I interrupted. Tell us about no. these blues. So what's fascinating is it's not just these people who are living past 100, but they are living healthy and happy lives past 100. And um, kind of a side note, I, I hear so many people in regards talking about health saying, um, I don't want to end up in an assisted living facility in a nursing Which home. Which is not that bad, by the way. Yeah, Steph used to be <laughs> mar our marketing and activities director yeah. and make the most of it. You know, <laughs> um, Yeah, it's not that bad. I work in these facilities too. But um, yeah, these people will say, I would rather just eat whatever I want and do whatever I want and die as fast, you know, die young, right? And to those people, I have to say, you're the ones typically who are ending up in those facilities for 20, 30, 40 years because you didn't take care of your health. And our bodies are resilient. Your heart is going to keep going. Your lungs are going to keep going. We have emergency procedures to keep you going. And so you're going to live in this poor health, not feeling well, disabled, whatever it might be. That sounds terrible. I know. I'm painting a terrible <laughs> picture here. And so when I tell people of my fascination with centenarians, it's not necessarily that I want to live to 100 or past 100. That, that would be really cool. But my goal is to live for as long as possible, as 
as healthy as possible for as long as possible and then to die as fast as possible. <laughs> and that's the thing about these people is it, they usually live really well, happy, healthy lives until it's about their last year. They have a decline of health and it's within a year that they die pretty quickly. And so, yeah, that is, that is a goal of mine. That's what I want. Um, but okay. So these, these blue zones, there are five around the world. So you have Icaria, Greece, I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. Sardinia, mm-hmm. Italy. It's an island off of Italy. You have uh, Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica, Okinawa, Japan, and Loma Linda, California. So Loma Linda, that's a fascinating one because that's the only industrialized place. All the others are more rural, and it's the only place in the U.S. as well. But these are five blue zones, and what they have in common is they don't smoke, is a number one biggie. I say the number two biggie is all of them. All five of these places live a plant-based diet. And when I say plant-based, Ooh. I know there's a plug for my diet. <laughs> if anyone wants to join me. Um, yeah, n- they are 90 to 95% plant-based. So they do have animal products, but it's very small and moderation limited, which is how I'm trying to live. Um, other things is they have, um, moderate physical activity. Um, but they do it all throughout the day because their lives require it. So like they've got to go out and pick their food. They've got to grind their wheat. They've got to clean their house. You know, they aren't pushing buttons for someone else to do these things for them. They aren't going to a window and receiving food through their car window while they're sitting. So they are typically, um, propelled into action every hour to be, to be moving. You know, these little old hundred year olds in Okinawa, Japan aren't pumping iron at the gym every day. (laughs) And that's a, such a westernized thing. Like we think that we can sit at computers all day. And then when we're done with work, go to the gym for a half hour to an hour and like that our health is taken care of when our bodies are meant to move all throughout the day. So I sit at a desk all day. So what are you telling me? Oh, it's so hard with a lot of the desk jobs. But if you can keep that in mind, if everyone could keep that in mind to make sure that you're moving at least once an hour doing some sort of physical activity. Um, that's, that's what we find from these blue zones. They all have a sense of community, um, and strong social bonds. That's the other thing about, um, these places. So the interesting thing about longevity is, um, only 20% of that comes from our genes. 80% of it comes from 20%, only 20%. That was proven in a, uh, the Danish twin study. So anyone can look that up. We can put a link to it too. My brother was just telling my dad the other day that he's going to die soon because like his dad died around the same time. And so now I can just prove him wrong. Yeah. Like, hey, it's 80% lifestyle. Man. Yeah. So this is what I find fascinating um, most about blue zones. And I'm excited to continue researching it. Uh, so I'm going to tell you one other thing. Is that okay? Yeah. That I, I find fascinating about um, lifestyle. So something like osteoporosis, a lot of people will blame it on genes and a lot of people will blame it on just old age. But it actually, it, it you know, those two things are factors. But even more so, if you aren't getting the nutrients that you need throughout your life, you know, we all, we often think of our bodies as these miracle machines, like, oh, my body just makes up for what I am lacking putting in it. Well, it doesn't just magically make nutrients appear to use those. Like it has, the body has to 
um, sacrifice in other places. So for instance, it takes often from our bones nutrients. So if you don't have a good like calcium, magnesium balance in your body or getting enough nutrients in, like it will take from your bones um, those nutrients that it needs to supplement what you are lacking in your nutrition. So when you get older and you have brittle bones and osteoporosis, it's not just old age, it's the consequence of poor nutrition leading up to that. So anyways, it's all fascinating. The cool thing about you, Jill, is that you just study this stuff for fun. Like you do it all the time where you're like, hey, I learned this thing. Like, And uh, I don't know. That's what I think is the best is that this is like your passion and you're constantly learning and you're you're experimenting. Like it wasn't someone sick the other day and you're like, oh, try this or you're using coconut oil to wash your face or just like different natural things yeah that's the thing is it's all it's all a big experiment I'm such a a baby in this I've learned a lot and it is my passion and it's what I like read about in my spare time but I'm definitely a baby in my knowledge about it and we all are because honestly nutritional science is pretty new you know food has always been around but uh, the actual science, the actual study of food, that's, that's fairly new. And so, um, it's, it's definitely something that's going to be evolving and changing. And, and that's something too about my diet and why I like the label of plant-based. I, I feel like for all of us, as new studies come about, as we study food more, as we learn more about the impact of certain foods, um, that we're moldable, that we're able to change with that, um, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at with things. No, I think that's cool. And you would be proud, but I have been eating more vegetables this week. Yes. I've made little baggies and taken them to work and eaten more vegetables. And everyone, before omitting things from your diet, just add vegetables in. Just start adding vegetables in. They're so powerful. They'll counteract the bad that you've put in. So that's like your number one piece of advice. Advice is just adding more vegetables in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and people will often say like, I'm going to counteract this piece of cake I had with carrots and everyone always laughs because they're, you know, it's laughable because mm-hmm. you're not counteracting calories and that's what people mm-hmm. think about. But really you are counteracting like the bad that was done here with good nutrients and phytonutrients and fiber and things that you're getting from your vegetables, you know, that it really is balancing out your diet. Oh, good to know. <laughs> so such a nerd. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with me, Steph. No, I see. It really is fascinating. So, um, did you have anything else you wanted to share? No, eat plants. So yeah, eat eat your veggies, guys. Eat from the earth; it's powerful. Well, and keep on believing your impossible of making people passionate about vegetables. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. See you next time. All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my dreams are coming true. Thanks again for pushing play and listening to this episode. If you want more information about today's guest, head over to www.notablepeeps.com.